0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Strugglehood Podcast. I am your host, Jess, and today I am joined by my lovely husband, Kevin. Kevin, say hi. Hey, everybody.
1: Very excited for this.
0: I am very nervous, and I think I might have referenced you as KJ, but this is Kev, KJ, Kevin, however we want to get this established here but this is my husband and today we are going to be talking a little bit about our journey as parents because i became a parent before kevin became a parent and we have been through quite the things in our six years of marriage um and basically i have some questions for him i'm going to kind of interview him a little bit and kind of interrogate him but i hope it's going to be fun and i am excited to have everybody with us so let's go Basically, I want to kind of start with the history of us. Okay. So I want to kind of have us go through how we started dating, like what that looked like, how we got married, how you were kind of introduced to the kids, and all of that. So I'm going to let you actually start with where it all began, which was not in
1: 2016. Oh, man, we're going to take it all the way back. So mm-hmm. our relationship began. In the hospital when I was born, mm-hmm. right in Nashua. I don't obviously remember it, but um, our friend or our families were friends and tight enough that you came and visited when I was born. You were two years old. You probably don't remember it either, but no, we go all the way back right to the beginning. There's never been a time where you were not at least a little bit a part of my life. Is that weird? I've never really thought about it like that until this moment. And it doesn't feel I, weird.
0: I actually haven't either. Like when you put it in that perspective of the fact that like you have existed pretty much knowing me, even though like, obviously when you're a little tiny baby tot, you're like not aware, but like the fact that I've always been in your life to some capacity, but I had about like two and a half years where you weren't even on my radar in any capacity, like even through our is that's a very weird thing. I've never thought of it like that. That's yeah, that's wild, but Yeah, it it did. It started in the hospital way back when, and kind of taking it from there, we, so your older sister and my older sister were in kindergarten together, and I think what it was, was our parents lived in the same, like, duplex vicinity or something like that, and so when our older sisters were like biffles in kindergarten, our parents, you know, that's what they did back then. They met for coffee and they met each other. And I distinctly remember our parents talking about how they would like have morning coffee with one another and, you know, stories and that shit. So, but that is, yeah, that's the beginning of us truly. And as we got older, I know for me, (laughs) I always tell people this, I paid you no mind. It's not like when we were growing up, I was like dying to date you or anything, because first of all, I always thought I would date somebody older than me. And the fact that you're younger than me, like is crazy, but, um, yeah, I, I it's not like I had like hard eyes for your entire life or anything like that. We just kind of coexisted. And then to a certain point, your family moved to North Carolina, which is, do you remember when, like what year that was?
1: Yeah. I mean, first of all, though, right back at you, when, when our families would hang out, I didn't hang out with you. I hang out with Rachel.
0: I didn't mean that offensively.
1: Yeah, well... Um,
0: Which, for I, anyone I, listening, Rachel is my younger sister who was the same age as Kev. So, one year, she's one
1: year younger than me, I think. I think she was 97.
0: Okay, so yeah, okay. Well, I mean, you guys are closer in age We were the... Better, yeah,
1: right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I digress. But I moved to North Carolina 2010, I think. I was a freshman in high school, so I think it would have been 2010.
0: Yeah, so that... So basically... We our families would get together every now and again, up until that point. And once you moved to North Carolina, I essentially forgot about you ever, like you and your family. Not just you, but like everybody existing. Because, you know, when you get to those teenage years and you start forming relationships with other people, it's like, oh, that actually is a part of my life I forgot about. Even though I like you guys were always like some of the first people when like I first created my Facebook. You guys were like some of the first people I added. But like, I mean, once you moved to North Carolina, like that was it. I we, basically had no contact outside of what we posted on Facebook. Um but in 2016 is when we reconnected but kind of backing it up a little bit before there. Um I got pregnant in 2013 and had our oldest daughter in 2014. Um and then a year 13 months later I had Zachary our son. However, that because we didn't have a relationship that obviously means you weren't their biological father. And <sighs> I know <laughs> a revelation. Um, so for anyone listening, I had my two older children outside of Kevin and he knew, like he saw on Facebook, cause I would obviously, you know, Facebook is part of our generation's life, but I would constantly post to Facebook, you know, throughout both my pregnancies. So he was very much aware of, you know, who Skylar was and my history with all of that. And then Zachary and my relationship with his dad. And I'm not going to dive too much into those details at this point, but, um, Just to kind of give some context, Zachary had a very, very rough first year of life. He was in and out of the hospital for numerous things, starting as early as three weeks old. And I was pretty much alone because my son's biological father, it was a domestic violence situation. He was very abusive. And our relationship quickly ended after Zachary was born, which obviously... It's for the better, but it was a very tumultuous relationship. And you know, I would post to my Facebook page about how Zachary was sick and you know, asking for people to send good vibes and all that stuff. And that is where you come in in 2016. So do you want to talk about like that first conversation?
1: Yeah, sure. No, I will say there wasn't any motivation of I gotta get with this girl. Um it really was. Me, I mean, I, I tend to be a bit of an empath. So when I see somebody that is not doing well, it hurts me too. So, you know, I would follow the situation that, we're going, that was going on with you. I loved, I loved having that social media uh, friendship that we had, even though we didn't talk. I, I loved yeah. watching Skylar. And, you know, you were, you were, you were a fun friend. Right, like I enjoyed your posts and and all that. Yeah. So when I saw that Zachary was having a tough time, I just reached out and said, "Hey, I'm thinking of you. Let me know if you need anything." Um I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure this is really tough. Something along those lines. I don't remember it. It would yeah. be really difficult to go get those receipts um, all we these years it. later. Yeah, we have yeah. tried. I don't know if they exist anymore. Um, but that was really all it was. It was it wasn't meant to turn into anything. It was, you know, you never know if if somebody if you're the only person that reaches out or makes somebody, you know, feel good in a day. So that that was all I wanted to do there was, was let you know that I was thinking about you guys.
0: And I know for me, I distinctly remember when that message came through because I was actually cooking spaghetti in my little 700 foot square foot apartment. Um, And you're right. I mean, there, there was a part of my life where I Because of the relationship that I was in and the falling out and all of that, I didn't have a lot of people in my life who checked in on me. And a big part of that is because I was kind of forced to put a wall up between myself and the people that I loved. But I also was very embarrassed about my situation. And I have a lot of trauma revolving that period of my life. And it was very dark. And I didn't have a lot of support from the people that I really thought were were. It's, it's a combination of people stop checking in because I kind of force them to not be able to. And so when your message came in, I was cooking spaghetti and I was stirring, I remember stirring the water and the noodles and your message came in and I was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> what is he, why is he messaging me? What is this? And so like, that was when, like I was instantly intrigued because I hadn't heard from you in I don't know how many years. And it was just, I don't, it was nice that somebody who I've known for my whole entire life practically was like interested enough to be like, Hey, you know, just let you know, I see what you're posting and I hope everything's going okay. And I'm sending you good vibes. So that was interaction number one. And then it really just kind of picked up from there. Right.
1: The conversation never stopped seven years later, whatever we're at now.
0: No, I mean, I remember I moved into my new apartment shortly after that conversation started and we were talking pretty frequently. It was like every other day, every few days, I feel like at first. And then it, what
1: it, I wanted it to be every day, but I just, I I wanted to make sure I didn't overdo it, but I for sure wanted to be talking every single day.
0: Yeah. Well it did end up getting there and we would stay up and Skype all night and I would fall asleep on Skype. And so our relationship kind of, moving along the timeline here my our relationship moved very fast like we started talking and i think it was i think this month march is when we're like starting to see the receipts come up and so march was pretty much when we first started talking and then we finally started i think officially dating in may june june it was june okay so yeah because i think it was like right after we had zachary's first birthday was when we kind of made you were you profess your love for me
1: yeah i was in you canada were,
0: yeah you were in canada doing canada things
1: oh and, you know what
0: Oh no, it was before you
1: left it was before i left but we weren't officially dating yet are you sure i'm pretty sure
0: i feel it well if i like i feel like you professing your love to me was us like that's us dating now
1: yeah, it's. I guess it's kind of one of those things where like we were we were dating, but I don't know that we had put a title on it, but we were like,
0: we waited a little exclusive. while to put, like, on Facebook, too.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, th-
0: those details are a little fuzzy. Like, we don't have an exact, like when we first started dating, it was just he professed his love to me. And I was like, <laughs> OK,
1: I mean, I remember that moment. I, I don't want people to think I'm nuts. I didn't tell you that I love you uh, in that in that message. Um, no, you didn't. That was, that but I, later, I but... remember it. I was sitting at my desk in my room, Um, and I just was. I put it all out there. I mm-hmm. it's like. I, I don't expect you to reciprocate, but I would need you to know. I really, really like you, and in many more words than that. But that was what yeah, I was, was trying a, to say. It was
0: a lengthy message, and I remember. I think I had just gotten home from work, and I had set the kids down, and my mom came over because she lived next door, and. I like sat on the edge of my bed because my living room was my bed, like my bed or my bedroom was my living room. And I sat and I was like, cheesing so hard. I was like, Oh, this man loves me. Even though you didn't tell me you love me in that message. I was like, he likes me.
1: I so, was all in though. I, I remember very well how I was you, feeling. Like, so
0: nervous that you couldn't eat.
1: I, yeah, I wasn't eating. Wow, it it so had rough. been, it had been a few. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it, that doesn't happen to me a lot you know it happens from time to time but um i was i knew that i had to release that and at least put it out there because i was not doing well
0: yeah well you did and it worked in your favor thank god so you i'm just going to keep saying it professor love for me <laughs> and from there so that was like that was june and then we talked about me going i flew down to north carolina for your birthday which was the beginning of august and the big thing that happened from that whole trip was i flew down for the weekend and then i missed my flight home
1: yeah it kind of on purpose wasn't it like we just
0: i we drove back from georgia because we went to go see your sister in georgia we so i got in on a friday you got in late friday because your flight from canada was delayed and then we drove. Saturday morning yeah. to Georgia, spent the night and then ended up having to come back super early Sunday morning cuz I had to catch my flight. And so the drive from Georgia to North Carolina was what like 6 hours.
1: If that, yeah.
0: Yeah, something like that. And we were sitting in your living room before I had to go to the airport and I started hyperventilating. Do you remember? <laughs> I remember. I it. was hysterical. I did not want to leave you. I was like I can't go home. Like I I don't know when I'm going to see you again. Like it was crazy. And so your mom was like we'll just take my car and drive her home so i missed my flight home intentionally and i made sure obviously it was fine for like because my mom had my kids for the weekend and so i made sure like that was all fine and you drove me home and which was like a 13 14 15 hour trip something like that from north carolina to where we live and We had our goodbyes and that was really hard. It was like a fucking Nicholas Sparks movie. Like it was pitiful. It was rough. It was pitiful how much we were both crying. Like,
1: yeah, it was rough. It didn't feel like those. Those were two of some of the worst moments of my life uh, in terms of just how overwhelmed I was feeling when when we were sitting on the couch, just, you know, getting ready to go or whatever. That was awful. And then that feeling was was terrible.
0: Yeah. It was, I remember you got in your car. I got in my car. I showed, like, I drove from my dad's house down the highway and it like forked off. I went one way, you went the other. And I was like, I could, like, I almost crashed. Into I remember freaking road. Cause I was like, I didn't want to lose sight of you. And uh, I just cried the whole way home and my eyes hurt so bad. I remember I was so exhausted by the time I got to my house and it was like, it was crazy. It was crazy. So, sorry, did you want to add something?
1: I was just going to say that that was a marathon for me, too. Like, think about yeah, it. Because you
0: literally didn't sleep. You just drove right on back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was fine, too. Like, I I was tired, but it wasn't that bad. And I it was. I think it was just because...
0: Yeah, but you slept for, like, a whole day once you got back. And then that was rough for me because I, did like, didn't hear from you.
1: Well, yeah, I came down from it. But that whole trip was, like, a one big adrenaline high for me.
0: Yeah, it was... I sometimes forget that that is a part of our story. Like, that, yeah. that whole going down there happen. So I came home and we were quickly like trying to figure out how we were going to make either long distance work, or if I'm going to go down there and you're going to come up here. And I remember you wanted, like you were offering to come up here. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to go down there. And you were like, no, I've always wanted to come back home. And I was like, no, like, I can't do that. I can't take you from your family. Like I want to leave here anyways. So I'm going to pack my bags. I'm packing my bags i packed my bags and so we made the decision that i was going to be moving down there ultimately and so i had planned another trip down to north carolina for labor day weekend beginning of september of 2016 so about a month after the whole i missed my flight home situation and we got engaged
1: you this one might be a memory unlocked for you do you remember how I had tickets to go see Brad Paisley for us in Massachusetts and I was going to come up and we were going to go to that show. Yes. And that just didn't happen because of all this.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, you had bought tickets because we ended up because we bought those tickets and never went to the show. We ended up later after we moved home, we ended up or no, we went to a Brad Paisley concert in North Carolina. And so basically you told me you were getting a ring or something like that. Right
1: yeah I just I want all the fellas out there to know that this is not how you do it
0: no so I basically planned my whole proposal <laughs> I forced him to show me the ring essentially I like threw a fit and was crying and was like it will make me feel better if you show me the ring and at, like you did this thing where you made me like screenshot a bunch of rings that I liked and sent it to you to see if it was like similar or something and none of the ones that I sent <laughs> were even close to what you'd picked out and I love my ring it's very unique but like it's so unique. I never had a wedding band for it. And so, but I I loved it. It was a very, it was very unique because our story was unique and how we fast tracked our whole dating experience, which full disclosure, I would not have done this with anybody else. It's like, I knew you were a safe human because I knew you my whole life. So I wasn't like questioning like your ability to be a good human. Really. I like, I knew who you were, even though I hadn't talked to you or seen you in like six years, but I knew who you were.
1: I don't know that I would recommend it for our kids. Probably not. Yeah. But my
0: kids came to me and said, I'm dating someone in June. Oh, and I'm moving to North Carolina in August. And oh, by the way, we're engaged in September. And what do you know? A few weeks after that, we're married.
1: It was it from the outside looking in, it really must have been wild. Like the, mean, every family time.
0: It was like, are you fucking dumb?
1: I'm sure I had friends that were like, every time I talked to you, You've advanced to a new stage in your relationship.
0: Well, you had a lot of friends. And granted, we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of who those friends were. But you had friends that did not agree with it.
1: I lost some friends.
0: Do you regret that?
1: I don't regret it at all. Because I I feel like... I don't know how to word this. But I would never do that to any of my friends. I would... Not support them? I might share worries or concerns that i have but i would never abandon them ever yeah
0: i i remember being at work one day and you had told me that a few of your friends were like very anti us getting married situation and i remember kind of like pushing back on it a little and you were like well I kind of see their point and stuff and I was like to me in that moment I was like okay so are you changing your mind like are we not getting married am I not moving down there and I hung up the phone and I was at work and I just remember like crying for a solid like 10 minutes because I'm like I felt like everything was starting to like slip out from under me and it's like oh I knew it was too good to be true type situation you know so I'm glad that you i i understand why those people needed to be cautious but i'm glad that you didn't listen to them
1: i just feel like i knew i there was a time it was a time in my life when some of this was self-inflicted but i just keep looking back i had stuff thrown at me and thrown at me and thrown at me from every angle that you can think of and i just kind of had enough and was like i'm gonna I'm going to do this because it makes me happy. Um and it's something that I've always wanted. I I love this woman and um I made a bet, right? And you made a bet too and it has there have been consequences of that. You know, we went through some stuff because of in part because of the the speed we we went at, but mm-hmm. Look where we are, right? Like yeah. we're we're on a podcast talking about our history, and I don't think that you do that if things didn't work out, or maybe you do it because they didn't work out, but that's not what we're doing here.
0: Yeah, we definitely. So basically, what happened was early September, Labor Day weekend of September 2016. I went to North Carolina, and we got engaged on the beach and Topsail at Topsail Island, and it was amazing. It was great. Even though I planned it, I still got to have those emotions. And I mean, being six years removed, I wish I would have had the element of surprise, but it wouldn't have fit. It wouldn't have worked the way that now that like we we see how everything has unfolded. It wouldn't have, wouldn't have made sense to have a surprise proposal because we don't, we don't know where we would be, honestly. Um, so engagement. And then I moved down there. I think you drove home with me from the engagement weekend because I had Skylar with us and Zachary was back home and you drove up because I had all my stuff packed and you were going to get, we were getting a U-Haul and then we were going to drive down a couple days later and start our lives in North Carolina. So that all happened very fast engagement. You came back up, we packed my stuff up. I left, moved into our house in Raleigh. And then your mom called me up Why are you smiling like that?
1: I don't know where this is going.
0: (laughs) So for anybody listening, we currently do not have a relationship with either of our parents. Um, Different stories for different days, but I personally have beef with his mother for reasons related, unrelated, but kind of related to this. But she basically called me up and said, Hey, you're going to come by on Wednesday and we're going to, we're going to get you and Kev married. And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't have the ability to like advocate for myself. Cause I was trying to fit in with your family down there. I mean, you guys had this whole family down there and I was an outcast single mother to two kids with two different baby daddies, essentially who just fast tracked a relationship with the golden child of the family.
1: You, you're and... goddamn right.
0: Goddamn right, baby. And I inserted myself into a very different world. I e very religious. I was a religious, like very different world. So, I felt very outcasted. I felt like a black sheep, and I felt like I was competing against other family members. Who now things are fine, but your when your mom called me up and said, "Yeah, you're going to have your wedding in our living room, and no, we're not going to worry about your family being there. You're just we'll, we'll Skype them in." And that was how we got married. We eloped, and we were eventually going to have a wedding back home where all my family. And friends were and that didn't happen for a very long time um but we got married September 25th of 2016 that was the day that it was raining and we got married in your mom's living room
1: and looking back on it that was weird as hell but I don't I don't want to look I don't want to look back on it with hindsight all the time because I remember the feelings I felt on that day and they were very like i I did really love that day, looking back, big no, like that we that was not how very you do different it
0: feelings about like For if, if, sure. we're our, if we're putting ourselves on that day, I was very upset, very nervous, not because I didn't want to marry you. It had nothing to do with that. I knew I wanted to marry you. I was very upset at how it was happening, yeah, and I just felt like I was being pressured into something which would later end up. I'd be pressured into like, you we would be pressured into doing the opposite, but I don't know. It just, that was a very hard day for me just because it was not what I envisioned for myself. I always envisioned having the big wedding, having the ball gown dress, the A-line sweetheart neckline strapless dress that I always wanted. And though we did get it this past September, you know, because we worked really hard for that. It was one of those things where it's like, this is not, none of this is how I thought my marriage was going to go the first time. So which by the way, I've only been married once, only plan to be married once you're stuck with me, pal. But yeah, that was 2016 was a crazy fucking year.
1: I mean, if you think about it, our perspectives on that day are a perfect sort of metaphor for how things were back then. I was like looking through everything from a very specific lens that I had, I had my entire life. Like this is who cares about the details we're going to get married. And, um, I was very immature and naive, but I didn't think that I was. I thought that I I had this stuff figured out and that we were doing it the right way. So I think you and I are for sure in alignment now about how it was. I would never do that to you again. I hate that. That's how it went. Um, do I regret it? I wouldn't say so because I don't, I'm kind of a cliche. I'm kind of cliche here. I I don't think that, people should regret things. Mm -hmm. Um, at least I don't want to say people, but I don't regret things because it's where would we be if we had done it differently? Like where would we be if I had moved to New Hampshire and you not moved to North Carolina, you, you just never know where I think that we, everybody is the culmination of all the good and bad things that have happened, decisions that they've made. So I wouldn't change it because I love where we are.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't change how anything in my life has gone simply because it means I wouldn't have not only our relationship, but I wouldn't have Zachary and I wouldn't have Skylar because I would have been on a complete, I wouldn't have my business. I'd be on a completely different path. So yeah, I mean, holding on to the thought of, you know, you thought things were going to be one way. We'll kind of circle back to that in just a minute, but moving through basically 2016 to now. So we stayed in North Carolina for two years, a year and a half and moved back home to new England, which is where we're from, um, in 2018. And that was a whole different round of fucking hell hellfire. We were walking through hellfire for what seemed like months and months and months and months and months. And, months. and we finally got through that. And in 2019, is when you basically legally, it's not basically, you legally became Sky and Zach's dad for the first time. Up until that point, you were their dad. they I mean, you've been their dad since they were two and they were one. Since you walked into our life in 2016, you have been their dad. I mean, for context, I might have mentioned this on other episodes, but Skyler's dad, biological father, I don't like to say dad because that's, I just don't like that. But Skyler's, biological father when i told him that i was pregnant he was like yeah no bye see you later and i was like okay fine and then i met michael towards the end of my pregnancy with skylar and michael is zachary's biological dad and he was we weren't dating until after skylar was born but we started dating after i had skylar and our relationship was fine until i discovered i was pregnant again couple months after i had skylar and that's when his and i's relationship really started hitting a different wall and you know that's when the abuse started that's when all the crazy fucking shit happened between the two of us and then i had zach and about a month after zachary was born is when he basically stopped seeing zachary so while they have bio two of their own biological fathers you've always been their dad they skylar doesn't remember having anybody else in her life, Zachary surely doesn't. I mean, he was one. So for all intents and purposes, though, you've always been their dad and their father that didn't legally become into existence until early 2019. And so do you want to talk about like how that finally happened? Like what the process was like for each of them? Cause they were vastly different.
1: Yeah. I mean, Skylar's was easy. I, I don't remember how the idea came about, but all we had to do was Go to town hall and have me sign the birth certificate, right? Because she um,
0: her biological father never signed the birth certificate, which was one of the smartest things I could have ever done because <laughs> I knew from the get go he was never going to be involved in her life, and so like thankfully I didn't have him sign anything just for the shits and giggles of it. But um yeah, I I thought it was going to end up being a legal process, and I remember filling out paperwork while we were still living in North Carolina in anticipation of starting this process when we got back home, and. It ended up being because there was nobody on the birth certificate all you had to do is go and say oh didn't sign that gotta sign that and so you signed it and we filed to have our last name changed to match ours and that was essentially that
1: yeah that was great it didn't have like all the pizzazz and stuff that Zachary's did but uh it it meant the same to me right I mean it means a lot to me that we all have the same last name not that we would be any less a family. Otherwise, like you're right. There wasn't a moment, you know, after we got married that I wasn't their dad and, and I had, I think it would be a a silly thing to get upset about for me to, for us to have different last names. Right. It didn't change anything. It just, it solidified on paper and legally what we already knew was, was true yeah but for zachary's that was a much much longer and much much different process um you know it it had court involved but at the end of it it, i don't know what did it take us a year and a half to to finally get that uh to a spot where i could adopt him and yeah you know it was a big thing like we had some family fly in we had a you know, we had dinner, all that stuff. And, um, on the I will just, I don't have a great memory. You know, I, we, I don't remember a lot of my childhood, all that sort of thing, Yeah, but I'm
0: not laughing. It's just, I know that that's a, a thing within our relationship
1: is. Yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> Kev's got a little bit of amnesia sometimes.
1: So when I do remember something like that, it, it really means that it impacted me. And I, I remember the, the feelings on that day of waiting outside the courtroom and, mm-hmm. um, It was, it was the day that our family was 100% whole, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that had led up to that point, it was so difficult, mostly on you. Uh, I think the bulk of the emotions I felt were anger, Um, but it was no more like we went into court. The judge was awesome. Like you could tell that she really appreciated what was happening because she, I mean, she even said it how most of the time you go to court for a negative thing. And she really wanted to celebrate um, yeah, it was, a positive was, thing. She made
0: it, she made it feel like it was a celebration, which is what it was because I mean, the marathon ending that day in court where we finally got his adoption hearing, it was a marathon for me. I mean, that's also the day that my abuser finally had nothing over me anymore. And yeah, While I always, I never, there was never an intention of Zach's biological dad not being around. He more or less just made it incredibly difficult and chose not to be a part of Zach's life when he was given opportunities, even before moving to North Carolina and even during North Carolina. I mean, there were times where I would have to suck up my pride because I didn't want to see him. I didn't want to put Zachary through that because I know the type of person that he is. And, you know, he was kind of a flight risk. I mean, there were several times where I was like, I'm going to hand Zachary over for a visitation. I'm not going to see him again. That was a legitimate fear of mine because he is unfortunately just a very unhinged person. And I saw how he was with his first child. And, you know, that my goal was to give Zachary the father that he deserved. And in my eyes, it just wasn't meant to be with his biological dad. I mean, again, if his biological dad was able to put our differences aside and have an effective relationship and communication and stuff, okay, fine. That that would be a different story, but our end goal ended up being, you know, because he was not an active part of his life despite having the opportunities and a court paper telling us he gets this, these rights over Zachary, he didn't utilize them. And he made the decision. It wasn't because, I mean, we, we, Asked for this, but he made the decision to terminate his rights over Zachary. He didn't have to do that, but I think even he knows that was the best thing he could have done. And when I got the email from him saying that our baby boy is our baby boy, it's not his anymore, that was the biggest turning point. I feel like one of the biggest turning points in our relationship. And it signified not only my abuser finally like i I'm finally unchained from him, so was Zachary. I mean Zachary never got any benefit from their that relationship with him, and that's very unfortunate, and I wish things would have been different and at some point, Zachary is going to hear the truth about what happened and why you weren't the person that created him, you know all about that, but you know Zachary get got the justice that he deserved too, and that was he got to finally be adopted by the man who has been taking the time love and energy to raise him and i will always be thankful that you were the one who chose to do that
1: i wouldn't have it any other way i mean it's he's the best i I love both of them so much it's it's interesting to like we feel the same way about these things but it's Mm -hmm. interesting to talk about how the the journey to those feelings is different like you have a whole arc here that i don't i wasn't abused by him you just saw the
0: aftermath of me dealing with nothing but a shit show in ignorance and not willing to compromise like there was no compromise with him at all and i distinctly remember crying so many times and feeling so bad because i'm like you didn't ask for this you didn't sign up to have to deal with all this court shit and somebody who is a nasty evil person and have to fight for the child that you've been raising since he was one years old like you didn't ask for any of that but you did it willingly and you never complained about it and i'm always thankful for that
1: he's worth it
0: i know isn't he he's so great yeah he's our little buddy oh those two kids are so funny and what's crazy is like there are so many things that i see like qualities of you that i see and like people tell me all the time that you know oh skylar looks just like kev and it's like We know, we know what's funny about that, but it's like, it's, it's very cool. So yeah, in 2019, you finally were legally dad on paper to those two kids, even though again, you had been there since the get go essentially, but, um, we got to finalize Zach's adoption and then all that hard, crazy stuff was over. And we have all shared the same last name since then, which is wild because i once had three different last names than my kids yeah so um from there we so when we first got married i think we pretty quickly decided that we wanted to have a baby together right yeah right away so four years it took us to have our youngest who just turned one on christmas eve of last year it took us four years to have charlie isn't that the craziest shit ever
1: And if that isn't the universe looking out for us, because could you imagine if we had had a baby right away?
0: We would be so divorced. It's not even funny. We would be so fucking divorced. I mean, because we've grown a lot since we first got together, like night and day difference between the two of us. I mean, we both go to therapy. We've both been through a lot of shit and worked through trauma and have had discoveries about things, you know, within our lives that are just like wild to deal with. But it took four whole years. And some magic juice of some sort that I must have consumed to finally get pregnant with Charlie. Like, so basically that story goes, we tried for four years and essentially I started looking into infertility and just like kind of starting the process with that because you obviously weren't the ones who helped create the older tube and i had already had kids so we weren't sure if like maybe it was you who needed to be looked into if i had like second infertility and stuff like that and um you know so for four years we kind of battled with that and then we got pregnant when you went to north carolina ironically enough to see your brothers and was it north carolina or was it florida
1: it was robbie's graduation
0: yeah oh that's that's right north carolina yeah, you had flown down and the night that you flew out of town, I found out I was pregnant and waited all weekend to tell you until you got back.
1: Yeah, and we weren't even like actively trying, like not a, at least not as hard as we, we had been in the past. No, we
0: were just being willy nilly about it. Yeah, like, oh, it'd be great if it happened. But, you know, at that point, well, we had taken so many negative tests. that it's like,
1: right. I had we no had hope. so many ups and downs. Like, I remember many times where I thought that it was finally happening and it and it just wasn't. So I had kind of accepted the fact that it just may never happen.
0: I still can't like I put myself back in that grocery store when I was like, I had heartburn and I was like, Oh my god, I think I'm pregnant. Allie was like, Bitch, get a test. And I was like, No, no, it's it's nothing, it's nothing. And then passing Tyler on the way to the bathroom, like, ah, wouldn't that be so funny if this was positive? He goes, What? And I went and peed (laughs) on and I came out and he was the first person who saw me and he was goes, Are you? And I was like, I started crying to all my friends. It was crazy so yeah we finally got two of us in one
1: part of me wishes that i could have been there for that but i definitely wouldn't trade how you did tell me for anything
0: i know it's one of those things where like i always envision doing the surprise the way that i did it but i also like we're probably not ever having another kid if we can help it (laughs) yeah and so like we won't get that chance to like sit together and like see it be positive but I'm also okay with that. Three kids is yeah. a fucking lot.
1: You can't experience everything. No.
0: No, and I I'm, I'm fine with everything the way that it is. Um I'm going to pause this real here because the thing is beeping. Yeah. Okay. All right, so we just had to take a quick break because our dinner started beeping in the oven, but we are back. And to kind of wrap up the synopsis of everything, Charlie being born in 2021 is just basically brings us to the present. Like we're in the process of trying to buy a house. Um, but it's been a journey. It's been a crazy ass journey, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, she for sure. I know I said it a minute ago, but it's one of those situations where I thought this was true back then, but it became more true. Like we, she's what we needed to be complete as a family, I think.
0: Yeah, she is. I mean, I would have been fine. Not. I think we had talked about at one point because we were having a hard time getting pregnant, you know, being okay, not having a child of our own. And I know that for me, I've always wanted to possibly adopt a child someday. And so I know that we had also talked about doing that maybe later on down the road. Um, but yeah, we had basically come to the conclusion that because we just weren't getting pregnant, which is fucking annoying, by the way, because I got pregnant for the, with the first two while I was on the pill and the IUD. So I think there was even one point where we were, like I was like, if I go back on birth control, I'm definitely going to get pregnant, which doesn't even make sense. But yeah, we had definitely considered you know it's just not going to be meant to be because i we weren't really in a position either to like do infertility treatments or anything like that like right that shit is fucking expensive and we're struggling to even buy a house right now so um yeah that brings us to present and it's been crazy but i would love to dive into the questions i have for you
1: let's do it i'm excited yeah
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna interrogate you so uh, i know that you had said a little bit about how like you thought you know at the beginning of our marriage and stepping into all these roles of husband father and just like having this because you had no experience doing any of this like you had never dated anyone with children I mean you had really never been on your own before so you basically dove headfirst into this and so I know that you had said you had like kind of one idea of how things were supposed to be and it just has not been that way at all so First question I have for you is what has parenthood been like for you so far?
1: Parenthood. So I, I always wanted to be a dad as long as I can remember. That was what I wanted to do um, with my life. And I would say it has exceeded what I thought it was going to be for, for me, it has, I thought that it was going to be me. This is cliche. I know you can make fun of me but I thought that it was going to be me kind of teaching them how to live life. But mm-hmm. in a lot of that has happened, right? Like that is definitely being a parent you teach. Yeah. They, they start from, and I've learned this, especially with Charlie, they literally don't know anything when they, when they come out, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> jack shit.
1: yeah so they, you have to teach them everything, <laughs> but I've learned so much more about myself and mm-hmm. how to, how to be as a person from, from being their dad and it just keeps growing right like the the older they get the smarter they get and the more they check you in a good way sometimes it's not in a good way like they have mad attitude all the time but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's warranted like they'll say something and you'll be like oh i i don't know i didn't really think of it like that um very
0: they're very curious and it kind of can be very off-putting but like it, it takes me off guard sometimes where i'm like oh okay like you're challenging me but like this feels weird but I have to allow it because you're your own tiny person with feelings and emotions and it's okay to have those emotions but like damn calm down
1: but it makes me look at my childhood in a different way too like decisions that were made or Mm -hmm. things that happened, good and bad that
0: very different
1: yeah I look at them completely different like in it almost humanizes your parents in a way right like good and bad like for sure it's not just Oh, I kind of feel bad that they were in that situation. It can also be I would never do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean I I I know for me and my parents it was basically like a you're seen and not heard type situation like you don't get to have thoughts, opinions say on anything, you just kind of coexist with the rest of the world and how I say or what I say goes in this house and that's not how we operate. I mean I think it's been hard, especially for me to not play an authoritative role and to practice the thing, the term that everybody hears now is gentle parenting, which I want to be a gentle parent. I don't want to, I want to be a mom and a friend, but I also want to make sure I'm making the right decisions, which aren't even close to how my parents parented me, if that makes sense. Like, and especially, I mean, I think we definitely have two different sets of parents, but in a lot of ways, both of our parents are like both of our sets of parents are very similar
1: yeah there's definitely a lot of similarities good and bad yeah
0: so parenthood on a scale of one to ten how is it going
1: what do you mean like how do i feel like i'm doing on a scale of
0: one to ten would you recommend would you do it again the same yes
1: um yes yes i because i, I if, if i did it any differently i don't know if i'd be where i am right now
0: i mean you became a parent at 19
1: <sighs> yeah i was an idiot and i thought i was ready to go i thought i knew the world and I like these kids are gonna listen to me because i like i'm their dad it's,
0: can i tell the story like about the time <laughs> that you wanted zach to go to bed
1: <laughs> is it the bills thing because that was meant to be funny the what what bills you paying?
0: No, I'm talking about when I first moved to North Carolina, and he was one years old, and you were yelling at him to go to bed.
1: Oh, just tell it. I'll take the hit.
0: So when I mean, I had been a mom for two years at that point, and I am definitely the type of like I was thrown into having to take care of myself at a very early age. I've, I feel like I've been an adult for forty years at this point. Like I, from twelve years old, I was making my own money. And so when I became pregnant at 19, it felt like it was no big deal because I'm ready for it. I've always wanted kids. I knew I wanted kids in my 20s. And so I was ready for it. And But I feel like me stepping into the being a parent at 19 versus you at 19 was very different because you had like no outside real world experience. So you were still living with your parents like that, just to give some context for our, our wonderful listeners, like i had been living on my own for years and he had never lived on his own so like that just to give you some idea of what we're dealing with but that's okay that's okay but uh,
1: 19 story. year old kevin was an asshole you i was such
0: naive
1: i was an asshole i have literally i've gone back to some of my old friends from back in that time and apologized for how awful i was i wasn't like you i wasn't like abusive it. or anything but i was a know-it-all and like i felt like it was my job to tell this people is how when they're in a
0: parent you're gonna listen Stupid. to me so basically what Stupid. happened the 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 story that i give him shit for all the time is we had just moved down there zachary had just turned one so he was he was cl- closing in on like a year and a half but zachary was the type of baby that just cried and when he was upset about something everybody knew it and so he didn't want to go to bed one night and so he was upstairs crying throwing a fit And I remember you went into his room and you are like, you're going to sit down and lay down and go to bed. And I'm like, I remember being in our living room being like, I have to just let him do this because he's trying and he's got to learn, but that kid is not going to lay down and listen to you. Like you think he's going to, because I remember when my dad would yell at me to go to bed and do stuff, I'd have to shut my eyes and not make any movement and pray to God. He doesn't even hear me breathing. And I knew like, that's not how it is with a one-year-old. And now that we have Charlie, would you try to yell at her to go to bed like that?
1: Oh, no. I, I'll pick her up and, oh, honey, go to bed. It's oh, okay. Dad so is creepy. here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: It's very, it's night
1: and day. But it's it's funny. I, and
0: it, it's nice to see the progress, though.
1: Yeah. I, am I in many, many, probably every way, well, I'll put it this way, 19-year-old Kevin needed a slap. Yeah. I needed so to get other hit. Other
0: ways, but I mean, yeah. I feel like you just had this idea of parenting, and so you just went with it. and.
1: Right. I mean, if you think think about it, the people listening don't know this, but you know this. That's how there wasn't any other way that it was going to happen. That's how I was conditioned and brought up my entire life. Like there was no, to me, there was no other way.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because how you are with Charlie is how I had always been with them as babies. And you didn't get to see that, but like I've always been the oh, come see mama, you're so upset, it's okay, come here. I've always, I'm not coddled them, but like I've definitely, like I knew, you can't tell a one-year-old to sit down and go to sleep.
1: But stuff like that is is what I mean when I say that I think Charlie really made us completely whole is because I never got to see that stuff, but now I get to. Even though it's not them, it still is, it's almost like it is. Like literally, I have watched you call her Skylar by accident. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Cause she's so similar to Skylar when she was a baby. It's yeah. so weird sometimes. Like there are times where I'm just looking at her and she'll do like a certain face or something, and I'm like, oh my god, it's like I'm reliving Skylar's babyhood. It's so cool. But it's as much as you didn't get to see me be a mom those first two years to them, and like when they were that little, and you didn't get to see them be little babies during those you know first two years it's like as much as you didn't see that I'm also so excited that I get the opportunity to see you be a dad to an infant like you've been a great dad from you even though I'm giving you shit about that that whole story um with Zachary when he was one I mean you really have done a good job for somebody who is not even close to understanding the realm of what I came from and what I've gone through in life and so I thank you I think you did a great job
1: well thank you and I think it's also important to note that it's this way because you let me make mistakes. If you had argued with me and told me how wrong I was and everything, it wouldn't have I wouldn't have, I wasn't going to hear you. Yeah. So being able to figure some of that stuff out and have the freedom, it's very important for everybody, not just kids, to be have freedom to make mistakes and learn on their own. That's yeah. why, like when I see Charlie climbing up on something on the stairs slowly and cautiously. Mm -hmm. i let her make the mistake you know that's how she's gonna figure it out now it's not like if she's up on the couch or like if she's doing something truly dangerous of course
0: i'm not gonna let her do it a line and it's a pretty obvious line for things like that
1: but each of them has each of them has taught me different things Mm -hmm. and i hope that i get to talk to them about that one day like charlie has charlie has taught me the importance of being tender Mm -hmm. zachary has taught me the importance of patience and being and and skylar has taught me the importance of my words yeah being intentional with my words
0: she picks up on things so easily so easily she's so intuitive which is it's good it's good to have a kid like that yeah all right so moving along what has been the biggest hurdle from having the older two not being biologically yours
1: There really haven't been that many. I mean if I'm lumping them if I'm lumping them both together and saying what the biggest hurdle was. I don't I don't really know. I think it would probably I I often feel like I need to explain it to people. Like when they say something like, Oh, she looks like you or or something like that, I feel like I have to be like, oh well she's not, you know. I don't
0: don't do that anymore. I used to. I used to like correct people, but like, why? Why? If you look like her, you look like her. We love that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And well, what did it for me was I was explaining it to somebody, it's just somebody from work. And Hmm. he was like, Why do you say that? (laughs) He was like, Why do you feel like you have to say that? And I was like, I don't know. Why do I feel like I have to say that? I'm not gonna say that anymore. So I don't anymore. And it really doesn't matter. Like people don't need to. It's not like it's not like one day they're gonna be like you lied you didn't tell me that day
0: it's also like you have been their dad for much longer than you were ever not their dad
1: by a lot at this point
0: like skylar was two she's about to be nine zachary was one he's about to be eight like i feel like it's so weird to think about the fact that like oh yeah like you weren't their dad at one point like i forget about that all the time yeah because of how normal it is for us to just yep that's your dad. I mean and they know. We've we've talked to them a little bit about how, you know, there were other people that helped make them, but you've always been their father and you know, they they are aware of the story and as they get older, I think we both agree that we'll tell them things as they have questions in ways that they can understand it and you know, yeah, they, they deserve understand. to know. Yeah, it's not like we're we have a big secret. I mean, we're very open about things and you know, I, I selfishly hope there's not a day where they ever want to have connections with those people that helped create them. But I mean, that's their choice to make. Yeah. I'm here to support them because that's part of their identity and that's part of their story. But it's nice that right now we can at least just like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: If I were to pick individually, I mean to though, I'm going to, I'm going to change the question a little bit if that's all right. Yeah. With Zach, if, the hardest part of them individually was Zachary at a hundred percent was the powerless feeling that I had when we did have to deal with his biological dad. There wasn't anything I could do. I had no, there was absolutely nothing I could He had a legal right to do whatever and I couldn't stand in his way. Yeah. And that came that with, tough. that came with the feelings that you were dealing with. It, it was a lot and uh, it was difficult at times. We made it through and I wasn't ever going to let you see that, how much it was tearing at me because that you you were dealing with your own you didn't need that and I wasn't going to put that on you mm-hmm. with Skylar I don't know it it really has never been
0: easy she's so easy and like all it was a different
1: things. situation like
0: yeah.
1: there really weren't moments where it was like oh I'm not your biological dad people have said we look like like I look like her she looks like me Do you
0: remember do you remember the first time she called you daddy yeah we were
1: on skype i remember it and she said it and she didn't know what it meant but you you were like i
0: was like i remember being like oh shit oh shit this is good this is gonna be what scares him away like i was like i i was worried you thought i was coaching her beforehand or something to like be like oh, call him down. i didn't think that i that's definitely not what happened it literally came out her own free will and we didn't correct her
1: yeah well you kind of there was silence like it was almost like we were I was waiting for to see what you thought and I, you were waiting to see what I thought and I, I was happy I, I was I very much I liked it. it it felt nice even it's it's we do this a lot with kids like she didn't know what it meant but it meant something to us yeah and I'm, I'm glad that I remember wait.
0: that I can't wait to tell her that at some point when she like kind of understands the significance of it it'll be cool yeah yeah Do you notice a difference in your parenting between the older two children and Charlie? I know you kind of already maybe answered this, but.
1: Yes. Charlie has taught me the value of being tender. Mm -hmm. You know, even though over the years I've changed and I haven't always been that authoritative, you will go to bed. Yeah. I definitely. It wasn't a
0: very long thing. I want to make it clear. That wasn't something that happened often.
1: No, but I didn't lose it completely. Like there definitely was an element of it's my job to teach you. You need to listen, and you need to do things. This not with everything, but there are specific things that you need to do. How I want you to do them, and I just don't really think about that anymore. Like think that way as much anymore, you know. And it's something that my therapist has worked with me on too. Why do we feel like we need to constantly take comfort away from kids, right? Like, yeah,
0: that's actually something I have recently discovered on TikTok is. Like, why is it so bad that kids need comforting? Why is it like, for example, you know, I feel like it was very much taught to me that if a kid falls, oh, you're okay. You're fine. Like brush it off type thing. But like, they're upset. They're hurt. Why can't, like, it's their instinct to want to be loved and nurtured. And I think it's this. a lot of people say, oh, well, you're babying them. No, I don't. I don't think you can't baby, especially when they're, you know, an infant and, you know, a toddler, you can't baby them. You really can't. And I'm glad that that's coming becoming something that's more normalized because you know for a long time even I was kind of a hardo in terms of like I was much more strict with the older two because that's what how I thought it had to be and I'm glad that TikTok has actually shown me a lot of various ways to parent that's much more freeing for me in many ways
1: yeah and it's it's really interesting to to think about the differences like I remember the moment where I was like, no, I, there's a difference between babying and spoiling. Yeah. Um, there was a moment with Charlie where like when she was, I think she was a couple months old at this point. She's still waking up. I mean, she did that up until kind of recently, but she was waking up multiple times at night, like clockwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we too. were starting, yeah, it was, but I also remember Enjoying a lot of those moments. Um, there was a moment where we were like, or I was thinking, no, I need to let her cry. She needs to learn how to soothe herself. And then I had a moment of, no, I'm going to pick her. I want to pick her up. I'm going to pick her up. She's my yeah. she's my kid, and I want to comfort her. So I'm going to pick her up. She's only going to be a baby for a short amount of time. Like it's not like she's going to be eight years old, wake up at night, and I'm going to go pick her up and and rock her back to sleep. There's only That's such awesome. a small amount of time where that is possible.
0: Right, and it's also like unless it's starting to become a habit, which then we would know, like, okay, we can't cross that line, we have to start setting more boundaries with her, but like it ended up being what two, three nights of that happening, and then she was back to sleeping regularly, yeah,
1: sometimes so, they I'm, just need a little I'm extra that
0: you. I'm glad that you took that opportunity to like enjoy her presence and enjoy those pa- moments of parenthood that are they they do go by quick, and we're gonna wake up one day and be like. When was the last time I missed those? Bed? And yeah, it's
1: the- I miss it's doing that. So
0: fast.
1: But so it, fast. I've applied that to the older kids. And don't get me wrong, I it the old way still shows its head more often than I would like. But I've I've definitely eased up. And moments where I might have been like, "You got to stop," um, with one of them, or maybe even yelled at them, have turned into conversations or. A hug you know Mm -hmm. sometimes i'll grab like zachary sometimes we'll we'll start freaking out and this is recent but it's something my therapist again has helped me with i'll grab him and we'll just i'll hug him and we'll take some deep breaths together and it works Mm -hmm. right whereas in the past it might have been a go upstairs until you can calm down yeah
0: the evolution of parenting is wild it's i mean even just myself from when we first started dating to even now i mean obviously as they get older things change and the way you parent changes but i think we're doing a pretty good job
1: we're getting better better
0: good balance for sure um next question is how has it been parenting a baby for the first time even though you have three kids
1: um harder than i thought i thought because i had well zachary wasn't he was one. So, I mean, I thought that I had had enough experience with a baby, but I didn't. It, it, it's been harder, but I wouldn't say in a, in a bad way, for sure. We have moments where it it is too much. Um, uh, but she's been a relatively easy baby too. Like from, from everything that I'm told, she hasn't been that difficult. It, she's gotten more difficult the older she gets, for sure. Oh, she um, is a
0: menace. That is our favorite yeah. word to call her a menace.
1: But I love it. I think I love that she grabs at everything, and it's it's just I think she's very because she's curious. She's not looking she's at so it trying to be a pain in the ass. She's yeah. she's curious about stuff, and I really like that. But I don't know. I I would say that it's been harder than I expected it to be. I thought that I knew more than i did but i've got the experience enough to know how to identify when i don't know as much as i think i do and it became pretty clear pretty quick that i had no idea like i'm talking in the hospital we hadn't even left yet and i already was like i have this isn't
0: you've never said that to me before
1: yeah but it, it not never in a in a bad way but like just the the sleep element of it like oh i'm gonna be getting up every couple hours here um she might start crying and there's no solution.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, does it weird you out that I, I did that twice over? Like that's my third time. And that's your first time. Like, do you ever just put it in that perspective and be like, that's fucking weird.
1: Not really. I mean, I, cause I had, I mean, think about it. I knew I've had years to think about that and it wasn't weird for me, but again, you allowed me to do things and make mistakes and figure stuff out on my own. If I was doing something the wrong way, you wouldn't step in and be like, no, 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 let me do it. You might nudge me and be like, I don't think that's going to work. Mm-hmm. And you've almost always been right. But I definitely, well, and it's also important because there's more than one way to do things, right? Like,
0: Well, and I also, I never want to make you feel bad if you don't. Because like, I remember when I was trying to figure out how to be a parent and I had literally no support. If somebody were to come up and be like, ah, oh, you're doing it wrong, I would feel like shit and probably want to crawl into a hole and die, honestly. I wouldn't
1: have responded well to that.
0: No, and then it would have created a fight and we would have been fighting for a week.
1: It would have been bad. Bad juju for everybody.
0: Well, that's that's very surprising to me. I I definitely thought you thought it was easier, but I mean, nope. you never had it, really baby
1: well, experience. Well, so. some parts of it were easier than I thought. Mm-hmm. Like waking up with her at night, I did have my moments. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I did enjoy that. The actual getting out of bed part sucked. But the moment i had her and feeding her or whatever i loved it and i didn't think that it was going to be like that
0: she was a breeze not as breezy as skylar was skylar was a fucking breeze but she i mean she zachary was he was crazy he was crazy he colicky just colicky colicky cry 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 um so yeah i'd say if i had to rate them for how they were as babies it goes skylar charlie zach interesting it's it's all had its own set of unique circumstances but
1: yeah
0: what's been the funniest part part of or funniest parenting moment for you
1: oh i don't know i love scaring them um uh, like even even charlie yes, sometimes some... yeah like even charlie i'll open the door knowing that she's not like i'll open it quietly because like mm-hmm. when she's just laying there she's she's just in la la land you know sometimes we go in it's there and so she's funny she's looking at the door ready for us, but sometimes she's just playing and she, so you open the door quietly and you go, hi, Charlie. and oh, and she, she jumps a little bit. It's so funny, she's but
0: funny. She's I think get a
1: jump scare. Skylar is going to not be happy if she ever hears that. I said this, but the funniest moment had to be when she shit on the porch at, at Vicki and Ryan's house, <laughs> Cause she
0: yard one she's <laughs> had some pooping incidents,
1: oh no, that was funnier, that was funnier, you're right, so she's had two I have to tell both stories now. she's had two poop incidents, yeah <laughs> um both at at their at their place. The first one she was a bit younger, like she was potty trained, but it kind of makes sense. I don't know what was she she was four or five
0: she was like five, she went through a little period of time where like she started skidding a lot,
1: yeah, this was a poop. So she's
0: a, I had brought she's, her back because she had like pooped a little bit at the playground <laughs> and so she, I wasn't home when this
1: happened But she was also old enough to like get embarrassed a she, little bit She had
0: been potty trained for years at that point like two years at that point
1: Yeah so Ryan goes out there and he, he notices something's off she's like she's making a weird face or something and he goes what are you doing? and i think at that point a poop fell out of her her shorts yeah, yeah. and it, obviously the jigs up she looks at him and goes you know what i always do
0: And I heard is rolling down her leg
1: i think that that was her just feeling a little bit embarrassed and trying to talk her way out of it but not quite being witty is. enough yeah so that one was that one was hilarious um but the other one was funnier not because of her so they were playing outside it was a big yard they were having a good time it happens to we, kids all the time
0: Like in the sprinkler because she was in her bathing yeah
1: seat. yeah and it kids do this right like they're having a good time and they, they have to go to the bathroom but they don't want to stop the fun so they push it they see how long they can go
0: they can turtle it.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so she i think she had tried to make it to the bathroom but it just it wasn't she, happening
0: yeah she was like she knew it was too late type situation. And when I told her to go, she couldn't make it. Yeah. And so she pulled She pulled over on the side of the yard. Right lawn. in the
1: yard. Took a shit right in the yard. And the reason why that one is so much funnier is because of the dog.
0: Yeah. My sister's dog ended up going by and doing a drive-by on her poop. Like, took a bite. Lawn. Took a took a huge bite out of it. Yeah. We actually have, yeah. like I think, photo evidence of that happening.
1: I have a photo of it.
0: Why we have that is beyond me, but...
1: Well, we have it because I saw an opportunity to document something.
0: Her and her poops. She really hasn't had many issues, but yeah, those were... the. You know what I always do. She's so funny, dude. She's so fucking funny.
1: And a disclaimer here. I was far enough that I wasn't the one to go get it from... There were people closer that had to get the dog away it wasn't me so i took the phone out and took the picture but yeah, i we was, didn't just leave the dog to eat poop yeah no, we
0: weren't just letting him munch on the turd it was
1: like, it just wasn't going to be me taking care of it cuz i was too far away. The
0: dog away and you just happened to snap a pic yep. yeah those are those are some good ones i speaking of shit i'll never forget when you went to go change charlie like the first week we were home and she like shit everywhere and your face was like blowout you you were shocked shocked and appalled yeah it was crazy uh moving this along because i know we have dinner to eat uh what's been the hardest parenting moment you think
1: hardest parenting moment it's hard to pinpoint it to to one single moment Mm -hmm. i think the hardest moments are the ones where i know i've messed up or I yeah. failed them in some way. I don't think that it's them that really, I mean, I definitely get mad at them and feel very strong things about them, but there's nothing that ever is worse to me than than when I've made a mistake. Like even, even today with the situation with Skye, I knew I should have kept her home.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you don't know her symptoms. I mean-
1: I should have trusted my gut down. though. She's not
0: a morning person. She's not a morning person. Yeah, but, no, I know, but it was different.
1: Fine yeah, she's fine. And it's not like I'm, I'm kicking myself too bad over it, but it's stuff like I should have trusted my gut.
0: For anyone who's listening, just to give context to what we're talking about, Skylar has a concussion. She concussed herself again for the second time in a two month span. Um, She was at the trampoline park on Sunday and apparently got double jumped by these two bigger kids and hit her head on the trampoline. And it's been two days worth of symptoms. And so where you got up with them this morning, she was tired or whatever right
1: yeah she was for two days in a row she was very tired and like that's okay but i don't know she just was was off and i had a thought of maybe i should keep her home and i i should have listened
0: trust your gut that is like when you're a parent they say parents gut tells you everything you need to know yeah i mean you got that
1: definitely yeah maybe um the hardest thing also would be them growing up and like not having them how they were excited for how they are going to be and loving who they are now but it's almost like you're constant you're constantly mourning right like Mm -hmm. i miss how charlie was back then but i also have a ton of fun with her now and i love who she is and i know that I'm going to miss this, how she is now. And with the older kids, you know, I remember really the summer that that really all hit me that like, Oh, they're getting, they're getting older. Um, and that was a tough summer for me mentally and emotionally, but that's the hardest thing is watching them grow up and losing, losing that part of them. But it's also the one of the best things because you get to see, Yeah,
0: I—I mean, it's no secret that for the first few years we were together, I—I haven't—I don't feel like I have sobbed on their birthdays in a long time. But like, there was a couple years in a row where, like, their birthday would come and we'd be singing them happy birthday, and everyone looks at me in the corner, and I'm just like hysterically fucking crying because it's like it's sad. Like, it's nice to have Charlie because it's—I do see glimpses of you know Sky and Zach when they were little. Not so much Zachary because. I think it's more so because Skylar looked a lot or Charlie looks a lot like how Skylar was when she was a baby. But I mean, it really does suck that like, Oh, another year is already gone. There are another year closer to being bigger and these sweet tender moments are you know flying by and like I mean we just watched we just sat on the couch and watched old snapchat videos that I've saved to my phone and even just from a year ago their voices are so different and like Zach is yeah. fucking giant dude he's giant and so like when he sits on me like it almost hurts my chest cavity because it's I feel like he's crushing me because he's so big now and it sucks but it's also it is it is really fun to see like how they're revol- like Skylar is so witty and yeah. Zachary is so funny. He, he gets a kick out of himself and he is like, he's his biggest fan. He loves himself.
1: You gotta be, you gotta be your own biggest fan.
0: He gets that from me. Um, okay. So wrapping up with these two, what is your favorite thing about me as a parent and what is something I could work on?
1: My favorite thing about you as a parent is how dedicated you are to them. And I'm using that almost as a cop-out because there's two things. Um, and I'm, chalking them up to you being dedicated i love how tender you are with them you've always been that way um and understanding the importance of soaking in those moments with them even even when i might have been like why are you doing that or Mm -hmm. you know like the biggest example is like baby clothes and stuff and how we had their stuff and i was always like ah, i don't want to have to move this stuff like let's get rid of it and now i don't want to get rid of any of charlie's stuff
0: I'm, i am a very sentimental person
1: yeah um and the other that i'm also chalking up to being dedicated is going to bat for them you will go scorched earth to to ha- defend I'm them and have their back
0: anyone down who fucks with my children yeah <laughs> and I, it's not that you wouldn't i just i if we're going to compare our personalities for a second in general, which also applies to us being parents, I am very much a loud vocal parent. And if I don't agree with something, I mean, we've had instances with the kids at schools where I've had to be like, I'm the one who is like emailing them and making things happen where you're very more passive and lenient and, you know, understanding where I am like, no, we're going to find a solution that works best for us. And I'm not going to like, we're not going to take the, like slow route getting there. We're gonna figure out the problem because I'm a problem solver, right? Like, yeah, that's a very big thing that we talk about. Is I like to problem solve, and I also am like an instant gratification type of person, which is yes. it's a benefit, but it's also a curse in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, yeah, I will, I will fuck anyone up who crosses paths with me and my children. And I,
1: I don't think that that will ever go away for me. But I think as I get older and get more life experiences that changes a little bit. Like, I do feel like if, if I needed to, I could push like at the school or something. Like if one of the kids was being bullied and nothing was being done about it, I, I could go down there. You and, just
0: take a much more passive approach to things than I do.
1: Most of the time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my job has taught me a little bit about it too. Like how sometimes you do have to be uncomfortable and let somebody know that you're angry or yeah so it, it's a, it's a balance
0: it's a good and balance you, between us though like it's it's yeah. nice that we can complement each other and you can you're comfortable enough telling me you know hey i think we need to like wait to slow be down where when you're being a little too passive i'm like no we're gonna figure this out we're gonna figure it out now type of thing
1: yeah so you you said the second part of the question was what's the hard like what can you work on
0: what's something i can work on and be honest
1: I will be honest because it's not anything that I haven't, that we haven't talked about. Like Mm -hmm. we have a good relationship. We communicate Mm -hmm. and it's something that we both do need to work on for sure. But I think we both deal with our own mental struggles and we've made a lot of progress, but sometimes our emotions can be put on them, on the kids. And if, if you're, if you're feeling anxious or angry, sometimes it can get taken out on the kids Mm -hmm. and obviously that's not what we want because we don't want them growing up to be afraid of us or to not feel like they can talk to us or that we're a grenade that can go off at any time Mm -hmm. so it's something that we both do and need to work on but um, if I had to pick one thing to keep working on and to really put all of your eggs into it would be that
0: Thank you. I appreciate that, because that is definitely already something that I'm working on. I mean, I definitely don't want to be the parent that was like my parents where my shit was always my kids' problem. And but I mean, at the same token, I want them to understand my real raw emotions and see that I am human and I have big feelings, too. And but I mean, like you said, I, I never want to put it on them. I want them to see it as like a learning opportunity to learn like, okay, this is how mom's dealing with her emotions. And when I don't get it right, trust me, I feel all the guilt in the world about it. But I appreciate it. And that. there's,
1: well, credit where it's due too. Like even when there are mess ups, when it might go a little bit farther than it should, there's always a conversation. And, yeah, saying you know. Yeah, and explaining it, like, what good is it to show them these emotions, if you're not going to explain it to them after and be like, look, I had these emotions, how the emotions aren't wrong, but maybe how I carried it out wasn't right. That's what I'm working on. And I, I want you to know this so that you can also work on it, you know, that sort of thing, almost like a debrief. This is what happened. And I want you to be aware of it, because I don't want you to not understand emotions and mental health issues that sort of thing
0: yeah we can talk about that at a different time about how our parents didn't ever apologize our parents didn't teach us anything about you know things that they did but i I appreciate you bringing that up i love you i love you too (laughs) all right last one you can go as long or short on this as you want to what would you tell other dads or parents about parenthood
1: Oh, that's that's easy because it's one of my biggest regrets. Uh, don't ever sacrifice a moment, right? Like a tender moment. You know, mm-hmm. I wish I do sometimes wish I could go back and give Zachary a hug instead of, um, you know, however I handled it. Yeah. Look out for for moments to connect, and don't take comfort away from them. Yeah. Communicate, but. I would also say that it's important to look after yourself. I've had it's it's self awareness specifically around emotions is difficult for me, and mm-hmm. even once I figure out something, it's hard for me to communicate it. Um, it it is vital, you know. You need to advocate for yourself sometimes because you could have the best partner in the world, but if you're not communicating the way that you should be. Mm-hmm it's wasted. Yeah. Right? So like if I need to if I need to take a shower just to decompress or something like that, I need to do that. And I need to you know, it might be a sacrifice of of time with us in the evening or hanging out, but ultimately if I'm not mentally there, what good is the hang out anyways? If I need to go take 15 minutes to to decompress so that I can spend the rest of the evening present and with you, then I should do that. Mm
0: -hmm. self-care it's important and that is definitely something i myself have been trying to practice more of and it's hard when you're constantly in go mode and you know you go from work to immediately having to cook dinner and do bedtime and all that shit it can it can be hard to take those pauses but i think that's really good advice
1: if there's one thing also that i i think i've done well it's work-life balance that i think is so Mm -hmm. important i've been i've been beneficial of having a a work from home situation, but it wasn't always work from home. And I think that I've made a good start to a career for myself. And I think that a lot of people think that you have to be all in and 24 seven work, work, work. I haven't done that. And I've been able to be successful and I've communicated and been clear that I will not sacrifice moments with my family for work. There are definitely times. Thank you. There definitely are times where I do need to work, and like, I I need to especially work from home, where like somebody comes in and like, no, I can't right now. I have to do this, but that's why it's a balance, right? It can't be all one thing and, and all the other. But like, I'm not going to miss baseball games. I'm not going to miss gymnastics for work. When I'm when I'm at the end. I'm not going to give a shit about the project that I was working on this week. I'm going to care about, did I show up? Did I see them do this thing that they love and that they're excited about? It's not even close. Like it's, it's not even a, a discussion. And I've been clear about that at work too. Like I've had people comment about my, my work life balance and how I actually have one. And to me, it's like, you need to have one too. Like you need to figure it out because you're going to be miserable. Otherwise you're going to regret this.
0: Everyone is replaceable. Like, especially when you work for somebody else, like I have the opportunity to run my own business and be my own boss. And you know, that's all fine and dandy. And I know that when I was in the workforce and I worked for someone else, I was constantly having to make sure that my job was first and like my kids appointments, my appointments, my health, their health and everything. You know, I could, no, I have to, I have to be at work. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't take time to bring them to, to, to the dentist this week or you know what have you but i mean obviously don't sacrifice your quality of work but also don't sacrifice your home life quality either
1: and i have a great company like i i understand that a lot of it is because i work at a great place that mm-hmm. makes room for this sort of thing not yeah. a lot of companies are, are like that
0: if any of your employees or not your employees your co-workers listen to this <laughs> i really love your company and i'm very grateful for it <laughs>
1: I don't really have bad things to say about it. I mean, I have no, things that I don't, I don't like. So yeah. Yeah. I, I hope I never have to leave. I understand what I have here and the opportunities that it allowed. Like I think about all the time, how, if I worked in an office still, like if we had gone back after, um, things started to go back to normal, I would have missed Charlie's first year of life. I mean, think about her schedule and what it is. I, know. I wouldn't, I know. I think I'd life. be lucky to catch her in the morning. I wouldn't see her at night. No, and I've been here be for everything. Home
0: and yeah, you'd be you'd see her on the weekends. You'd have weekend custody of her essentially.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad that I didn't have to sacrifice because I wouldn't have. I would have, I would have found another place, honestly.
0: Yeah. Well, everything has worked out for us so far. We had our wedding back in September 2016. We finally threw our celebration and it was the best. And I think it was a great testament to everything we've worked on, not just in parenthood but our relationship our life in general all the things we've had to overcome which we didn't even we were just scratching the surface with the shit we've fucking been through but we've done it and year seven's coming up our seven-year anniversary is coming up this september that's fucking nuts
1: no it's it's no time but it's a lot of time at the same time yeah
0: well i love you thank you so much for coming on to this week's episode i hope you had a lot of fun recording with me uh for all my listeners i hope you can leave me some comments um maybe even a five-star rating on your podcast app and i will catch you hopefully next week with another interview i have a couple of listeners um and people who have found me through a video that i posted on tiktok about coming on to talk about their life because i'm really wanting to establish um a good community of creators and just other parents because everyone comes from different walks of life and i want to make sure that there are real life people being heard it's not just the niche photographic what do you what do i call that aesthetically pleasing that's what i was calling it aesthetically pleasing people you know everybody deserves a chance to have their story heard in one capacity or another so catch me next week this is the strugglehood podcast and thanks for listening say bye bye Bye. (laughs) later